Hello, we have a new podcast name. It's Crush Your Goals with Christy. I talk more about why I changed the name in my next episode, so stay tuned for that. Today, I'm sharing another episode of the Rising Tide Greenville podcast, which was formerly called the Tuesdays Together Greenville podcast, so lots of name changes going on. But today, I'm sharing an amazing conversation I had with local handmade business owner, Danielle Kaminsky. Danielle owns the Reinvintage Warehouse in Spartanburg, and she also has her own brand called Made by Danielle, where she sells handmade items that are amazing. We talked about finding community as a handmade business owner and making your business work for you, which you know is a topic that I love. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Danielle Kaminsky. Welcome to the Tuesdays Together Greenville podcast. We are the local chapter of the Rising Tide Society, a community that exists to empower the creative economy and unite small business owners together in the spirit of community over competition. We believe that you were built to belong, that you are not alone, and that that there is power in community. I'm your host, Christy Johnson, the leader of Tuesdays Together Greenville, and every two weeks on this podcast, we spotlight a local small business owner in the upstate to share their story. Joining me today is Danielle Kaminsky. Danielle is an incredible, multi-passionate business owner. She owns the Reinvintage Warehouse in Spartanburg, which is a collective retail store of artists, makers, curators, collectors, and more, all housed under one roof. She's also an artist and a maker herself. She creates her and sells her own handmade products through her brand made by Danielle. She's been doing that for over 10 years. She's the host of the Makers Chat podcast, and she's an incredible educator. She helps handmade business owners build and grow their businesses through her online courses and a membership group. I'm seriously so excited to have her here with us today because I feel like we're kindred spirits. <laughs> we're both multi-passionate. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk with you. Um, I feel like we could really go so many places on this podcast to, to chat, but I want to talk about you. This podcast is all about spotlighting our local business owners in the upstate. So tell me about your business journey I would love to know, um, first, tell us about the warehouse, uh, Reinvintage Warehouse in Spartanburg. Tell us about that. Tell us what it is and how you got started with that. Sure. So Reinvintage Warehouse was formerly Vintage Warehouse of Spartanburg since it opened in 2014. Um, In 2016, it moved into a much larger warehouse space. It is basically a repurposed textile warehouse. And we love it. And we have nearly 60 vendors right now, you know, in the store. It's incredible. I became a vendor. I found the store in 2014 and became a vendor. And so I've been with them since then. In 2018, I had the opportunity to become a partner. And as of this year, I'm the sole owner. And, you know, all businesses go through changes. So this year we decided that it was it was time to shift the name a bit so people had a better understanding of what we were. Because while we have a lot of really wonderful vintage products, we have a lot more than that. So mm-hmm. that's where Reinvintage Warehouse came from, you know, a combination of this idea of reinventing everything, especially vintage items. And then, of course, 
you know, we, we, we still have the really cool old warehouse that we want to make sure is a part of that. So that's awesome. And what I love about it is it's so many people all under one roof and it's sounds to me the way you describe it, like it's a real community of makers and artists. And you strike me as the kind of person who loves to elevate other people and help other people along in their business journeys and celebrate other people. And that's what we do in Tuesdays together as a group. You know, our motto, one of our mottos is community over competition. So I love that you get to be a part of that community. And now as the owner, help create community and cultivate more community there. So I just love, I love that. And I'm excited um, for your new name. That's awesome. I hope that, that you guys have really, really great success with that. So not only do you own the Reinvintage Warehouse, but you also sell your own products. You are a maker and an artist yourself. Um, I feel like, like me, I have my fingers, my toes dipped in many different <laughs> areas because I just love so many things and I can't not do them all. But for you, you are so also are a maker and an artist. So tell us about what kind of things you make, um, what kind of things you sell. And I would love to know also on top of that, when it is that you decided to put your business kind of at the front of your mind and really go all in with your business. So tell us about what you sell, what you do, and then a little bit about your business journey. Sure, absolutely. So about, I guess it was 2010 probably, or around that time frame that I first started making products to sell. I had very creative family members. I learned to sew at a young age. I did some crochet, that kind of thing with my grandmothers. But I started making jewelry and I, it was 2010 because I had purchased a bracelet from someone online mm. and I wasn't super happy with it. Like they did what I asked, but it just wasn't what I had in my head. Right. And so I ended up going to the craft store and I'm looking at all these beads and stuff. And I'm like, well, may maybe I could, you know, but you can't buy materials or at least at the time, I, there wasn't something for me to buy to make the one thing that I wanted. So I'm buying materials to make this piece of jewelry that I wanted. And I ended up with so many supplies that they're <laughs> like, I, I was able to make like an entire set of jewelry and then yes. some. Yeah. So I did that. And then someone in my family was like, oh, could you make this for me? And I did. And then again, ended up with all these extra supplies and it kind of the business part of it, the selling part of it began very organically. I had these supplies. I wanted to try to make some money back. So I just started making jewelry. I did the Etsy thing um, back then. I had, you know, the Tupperware container of jewelry that went to work with me that my coworkers kind of went through and they were like, oh, I'll take this. I'll take this, you know, that kind of thing. So that was how that started. And at the time, you know, blogging was really popular and stuff and I was getting to know people online. And so I decided I'm, I'm going to start trying to sell online a little bit. And kind of fast forward because it, it was like that for a long time. Like I said, that was 2010. That was sort of the space that my little bitty business lived in for a while. But in 2014, when Vintage Warehouse of Spartanburg opened, I was working in an office down the street from there. So I walked in one day and I'm looking around and I'm like, this is a really cool concept. You know, the, it was the two original founders had the main part of the store was for their business. And then there was this back room that had these small little cubbies because the building used to be um, 
like a lighting store. And so mm-hmm. there were all these little cubbies that they used to have different chandeliers and things in. So what they did was they were renting those spaces out almost just like small little gallery type displays for different artists in the area. So I went in and I was talking to them about it and I thought, this is a really cool concept. I really want to be here, but they had just gotten started. And so they didn't know yet what people were going to be interested in and they didn't want to have more than one person selling anything. And they already had someone selling jewelry. Hmm. But as part of the conversation, they're like, but we'd really love someone who makes candles. And I'm like, hmm, I mean, I could make candles. Like, why not? I could make candles. I had, and I told them, I was like, oh, I do that. Because, and I wasn't lying. It's just that (laughs) at that point, I had probably made about a half a dozen candles. Hey, Um, it counts. It counts, right? (laughs) So I had recently gotten married. And as part of all of that, we my husband and I both, we really enjoyed going to wineries and craft breweries and that type of thing. So we were taking empty bottles, cutting them down and pouring, you know, pouring candles in those bottles and giving them out as gifts to people who helped with our wedding and then using those things as part of the decor. So I'm like, okay, well, I've, you know, I've got this stuff at home. I could do this. So I told them that and they got very excited So over the course of the next month, we were living in an apartment at the time and the little kitchen in my apartment became my, my workshop for making candles. And that was when candles became a part of my business. (laughs) So at that time I had two different names that I was creating under because I had the name I'd come up with for my jewelry. And then I came up with another name for the candles. And then I started adding different things. Like you were talking about being multi-passionate. And like I said, I originally started with like crochet and sewing and stuff. That was my early craft, I guess you'd say. So I had all these different things going on. And of course, as the store grew, they they realized there was space for a lot more. And so they let me bring in my jewelry and let me bring in my other crafts and things. So in 2018 is when I decided to rebrand and just come up with Made by Danielle. And that would encompass everything that I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And I could still do branding and focus my products on what was important to me. But um, I didn't want the name of my business to pigeonhole me. So that's sort of where that came from. And then as far as you know, when I decided this was what I was going to do, right? Because I worked in on different offices for up until 2016 or 2017, really. I, um, my husband and I found out that we were pregnant with our first son in 2015. And in the spring of 2016, we got um, a diagnosis. He had a neural tube defect Mm -hmm. and they told us that he likely wasn't going to make it. And so that just sort of, Anytime you go through a loss like that, Mm -hmm. it just really makes you sort of evaluate what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's important to you, what matters. And I didn't hate my job. (laughs) I mean, you know, this wasn't (laughs) one of those situations where it was like, oh, I'm just miserable. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there, there were things though about working in an office and about the schedule that I had and stuff that I wasn't really happy with, but you know, like I said, like most of us, we just kind of keep going, right? We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't really take a lot of time to think about those things, but I was spending a lot of time reflecting on all that. And I just decided that I didn't want to do anything that just didn't light me up anymore. Mm. And so it was a process, you know, of course, um, I went part-time first and then eventually, you know, left the office job, 
But in two, it, the end of 2016, in August of 2016 is when our son was born. He was, you know, he was only with us for 45 minutes. And mm. I say all the time that if, if it weren't for him and if it weren't for his story, I would still be working in an office somewhere and yeah. maybe having like a side hustle and doing craft fairs because I don't think I would have ever really stopped to try to figure out exactly what it was that I wanted to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... So when that happened, when I left the office job and I was doing my business full time, of course, I was spending a lot more time at the shop because that is where I was selling my products. I was a vendor there and I had already kind of started helping with some different things. In lieu, you know, it's, it's one of those things, right? I like bartering and, and these <laughs> ladies were good with that, too. So like I got a reduced rent in exchange for helping out with some of the bookkeeping and in exchange for helping out with some of the social media stuff, that kind of thing. So I was learning a lot, even when I was still working full time Mm -hmm. by helping them, Mm -hmm. understanding how that business runs, understanding what it took to keep that community together. Right. Because that's a lot of people. Um, And as we all know, you get that many people together. There's also a lot of different personalities (laughs) and, you know, it's a lot to navigate. We all have different trigger points. So making sure that you're not stepping on people's toes while still being very upfront with people. It's, it's a lot. A lot of people struggle with that. So I was learning a lot. And then come 2018, by then I had left my, my office job. I had been working for myself full time for a year. And one of the ladies that was, you know, one of the original partners was ready to step away. She's, you know, she was, she was, not old, but she was older. She was ready to retire. She was ready to step away from it. So I bought her half of the business in 2018 and kind of started trying to put my mark on it a little bit, kept doing what I'd already been doing. And, you know, in my capacity is is helping with vendors and social media and that kind of thing, brought in a few new things into the business. And then of course, you know, 2020, right? (laughs) that was that was that was an experience right for all of us so as things were changing in 2020 I I came back to that idea of pulling the community together really trying to help people make the most of their businesses because there was a whole lot that was out of our control and even to the extent that when you're running a business you you can't always control your sales and what your customers are experiencing yeah but when you're working for yourself even if it's part-time and a side hustle there are things you can control. And I thought people need to feel a little bit of control right now. So let's help them do that. Mm. And so that was when I built out, you know, some of my first courses and really started trying to build a little bit of a community around all of that. And in then in 2021, at the end of the year last year, my business partner decided that she was ready to move on and in, into something different. And so I bought out her half of the business at the end of the calendar year. So 2021, the business was mine. We had made a bunch of changes. I had hired a store manager. I was able to put a little bit more time and energy into those courses that I was creating. And we started the podcast in April, earlier, you know, earlier this year in April. And I've really been trying to grow that and continue to focus on building the community within the store, but also building the community outside Mm -hmm. of the store to help people try to try to figure out what they want with their business. Because for some people, all they want is the side hustle. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But there's ways to make that work for you so that it's not overwhelming. And that's what I try to help with in the courses and that kind of thing is figuring out 
what your dream business looks like. And your Mm -hmm. dream business doesn't look like mine. And it doesn't look like, you know, the person to either side of you, like what we want is very different for all kinds of different reasons. Um, So that's what I kind of try to focus on with the courses. The podcast is just all about highlighting different makers. um, So like right now, as we're talking, there's, there's a series that we're working through on the podcast about the Enneagram. Oh, awesome. I love the Enneagram. I do too. (laughs) So I talk about it a lot. Um, I use it in my business in a lot of different ways. I have a collection of products that are by type. So, you know, people can, can pick a gift based on Enneagram type and, you know, I just love it. So anyway, that that's one of the things that I like to talk about and, and help people with that idea of building a business, especially if it's a like a solopreneur type thing. It's very personal. And I feel like mm-hmm. people should give it a lot of thought. So um, so that's kind of what I try to focus on there. Yeah. And I what I love about your story as you were talking, the thing that came, kept coming back to me is that your story is very real. It's very relatable. And um, something that Natalie Frank talks about, the co-founder of the Rising Tide Society, something that she talks about in her book is that when we show up as ourselves, it, it takes a little bit of vulnerability sometimes. And as a small business owner, when you have, when so much of yourself is connected to your business, sometimes we can feel like we have to make ourselves fit into a certain box or we need to portray a certain personality or just a certain vibe to people that we want to portray. And, um, but I, I feel like the, the, the most success and freedom for yourself comes when you truly show up as yourself and you embrace what makes you, you, and you embrace the part of your story that makes you unique and you embrace what you want out of your business. And I love how you said that, you know, not everyone's business needs to look the same. I love how you said that you try to help people if they want their business to stay a side hustle, then that's okay. If they want, and you can help them do that. Or if they want to take it to the next level, then that's great. And really it, you don't have to fit into a box. You don't have to do what every other person is doing. And I think that's what I love about the, um, handmade business community as well and makers is that man people do such unique things and are so creative and and I really really love that um, I also love how you talked about when you were first starting out you you had the six candles that you've made or whatever half a dozen candles and you were just making them in your in your apartment and that's so true for for probably every single small business owner is it just starts in, in our little kitchen, you know, I'm recording in my kitchen right now, the corner of my kitchen. And, um, I just love how small businesses are very, uh, people oriented and, and it's, it's so raw and it's so real, but then you had the opportunity just through different things that, that happened in your life to take it to the next level because you realize that's what you wanted. Um, and I really love that. So I want to transition a little bit and talk about the um, education side of your business because you do help people, you teach people. And something that um, I don't know if this is the case 
across the board. You can correct me if I if I'm wrong, but I know that a lot of people who are handmade business owners can feel um, maybe because I think a lot of people, like you said, end up with a bunch of supplies and a bunch of because they make this project because we love creating, and and we end up with a bunch of supplies, and then you think, oh well should I just keep this as a hobby? Can I really make a lot of money on this? And um, sometimes it, it stays a hobby when maybe they want it to be a business, but they're just not sure how to take it from hobby to business. So what I love about what you do is you help people take it from hobby to business. So what are some of the ways that you help handmade business owners? I would love to know what kind of offerings that you have and how you help people where they're at to grow in their businesses. Yeah. So admittedly, um, and I give credit where, where credit is due. I, I, I learned a lot about how to create courses from Courtney Foster Donahue. I've learned oh, a yeah. lot. She is a really incredible teacher when it comes to marketing and that kind of thing. And she has been a huge help to me personally. And in 2020, when everything was kind of going crazy, people didn't know what to expect. She was really encouraging people to look at um, what she calls a pocket product, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I took that and I, and I did something with it. But then in the same vein, I was like, you know what? These exact same principles apply not only to people who are creating the, the courses, right? And, and the education products, but people who are creating a handmade product. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I have, I have a program. It's a $27 program. It's a 10 day workshop and it's called stash to cash. Nice. And I feel like this is a really good way. It can be somebody who already has the side hustle established, but it's especially good for that person who's maybe just starting it and trying to figure out what they have to offer. Like we're talking about the person mm -hmm. who likes to craft who does a thing and they have all of these materials and it, the, the concept is how do I take my stash, my, my hoard of materials that I have and turn that into something that can make me, you know, maybe not like thousands and thousands of dollars, but a significant amount of money yeah. to determine whether or not this can be a business. And that's what it is. It's a 10 day workshop that takes you through that process, sort of teaches you how to evaluate what you already have without having to spend a lot of extra money. And, and turn that into a product that can make you money, help you kind of learn how to use social media as a marketing platform, not necessarily getting hung up on all of the numbers, but how to utilize it as a tool and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So that's, that's sort of, you know, the first thing that I put out there. And that's the way that I like to encourage people that especially think, oh, I think I want to get you to help me do this because it helps them learn how I teach. Because mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, we're all very different. Somebody might love what I'm doing, but it turns out I'm not the teacher for them, right? It might be that they don't connect with me in that way. Or it may be that, that they connect with me that way and they're like, oh my gosh, please, I want to do the, I want to do the rest of it too. Give me everything you've got. But I figure, you know, $27 is a pretty safe, safe bet to take. <laughs> see if you like how I teach. See if you like the concepts that I'm putting out there for you. And then go from there. I have... A full, it's, it's basically a coaching program. It's a course, but it's essentially a coaching program that people can work through at their own pace. It's called the Maker's Framework. And it's all about building a handmade business because a handmade business is still a business. There's mm -hmm. still a lot of business stuff that you have to learn how to put into place. The difference is 
the thing that makes every handmade business different is, is you. It's, mm. it's the maker. It's the person mm-hmm. that's creating the products. And so the idea of the framework is taking these principles and really figuring out how they apply to you. And so there's like benchmark personal coaching that goes through the program, because to me, there's a lot to teach, but then there's a lot of, okay, here's the concept. Now let's apply it to your business and what you do. And that's what I try to do with that program. And then, you know, you're talking about the membership group. I have a group called the mill and the first iteration of the course that I created in 2019 or 2020 was called maker's mill. And I changed it to the framework, to Maker's Framework, just because I wanted to reorganize it. I wanted to make it better and this fit better. But the idea of the mill, which was the idea of this meaningful and intentional lifestyle, right, that we're creating, um, I wanted to hang on to that. And so my membership group, we have um, a weekly call every Friday at noon. And it's different every week. We do goal setting together every month. We have group coaching calls I bring in an expert every month because I feel like I know a lot, but I don't know everything. (laughs) And I want to make sure that whatever people need to learn is there for them. So it's a little bit of a buffet. I mean, you know, the expert this month might not be something that this person needs, but this other person might really need it. So, you know, we, I try to cover different topics that could apply to handmade businesses. Um, I have a lot to offer people who want to have, spaces in stores because I have a lot of experience there. I have a fair amount of experience online, but in the way that I pair it with a local store. So I like to bring people in who are solely online, who offer more details. Our expert this past month was all about shipping large items for people who are, you know, solely selling online, but maybe do furniture (laughs) or large art, you know, things like that. So you know, I try to make sure that the information that people need is there. I try to listen to what the people in my groups are asking for and, and make that available. But um, but that's kind of what I do. And, I, you know, of course, I encourage the folks that are a part of Reinvented Warehouse to, to participate in that yeah. um, because the more I can teach them and train them, then the better we all are, right? Because we're in a store together. So if we're all promoting our businesses, then we're going to reach even more people. But beyond that, you know, I just, I'll do like to help people. A lot of people have helped me. And I think for a long time, something that happens for handmade business owners and really anybody who's getting started in a business, we can question ourselves Mm. and it comes from different places, but we question like, what do we have to offer? Mm-hmm. And the longer I've done this and the more people I've talked to, the more I've realized that while there are a lot of people who are far beyond me in business, there are probably even more who haven't gotten started because they have so many questions and they don't know what the question, they don't even know what the questions are right. much less who to ask. So I'm trying to create a space, especially for those people who are really, truly just getting started where we can grow together. And for the folks who are more established that, again, we can continue to work together to grow our businesses and help each other based on Mm -hmm. our different experiences and then continue to bring in experts that are even farther beyond us to teach us so that we can all grow together. Yeah. And it sounds like in in all the things that you're doing, you're helping to create communities and in your membership group. I love that you talked about how you bring in experts, but you also all kind of 
collaborate together. You can work. I, I don't know if you guys have co-working or anything like that, but, but you have a community of people where, where they have someone that they can go to and ask questions and they have someone that they can talk to when they need help. And it sounds like in your, uh, at reinvintage warehouse, you're doing a similar thing there as well is, is it's a collective of people working together and, and having that meaningful and intentional lifestyle, like you mentioned, um, with the mill. So that's really cool. Another thing that I love about you so much is that you are multi-passionate. You do so many different things. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you get this a lot, but something that people say to me a lot is they say, wow, I don't know how you do everything that you're doing. (laughs) But for me, it's not, I don't feel like I'm doing a million things. I actually have really intentional boundaries and I don't work (laughs) all the time, but it's just, I follow what interests me and I follow my passions and they all kind of fit under a similar umbrella, but to other people, it may look like I'm doing a million things. And to me, to, to, sometimes it looks like you might be doing a million different things. And as multi-passionate business owners, sometimes we can feel, we can feel bad that we don't just settle on one thing and pursue that all in. I love the quote that you shared on your Instagram the other day. You talked about the jack of all trades is a master of none, but you said that the full quote actually is what? Yeah. So that was actually, I learned that because of Instagram, you guys, Instagram was great um, because that was one of those real sounds that I just kind of, I copied because I was like, I didn't realize this because I've always heard that. And I'm like you, people will say things like, you know, the riches are in the niches, right. And they're telling you to pare down and do all the things, but I do, I like a lot of things and I like to do those things. And to me, to me, they're all like spokes on a wheel. It's the same wheel. It's just different sides of it. But the, the quote, the original quote is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but still always better than a master of one. So, you know, people get hung up on the first part of that, but this idea that it is actually very smart, we're much, we can be much more adaptive when we're multi-passionate and we have multiple things. Also, just as a side note, I know that's not for everybody. Like some people are much better than niche down. I, again, like I said, I love the Enneagram and I'm a type three which means I want to be productive. I want to be an achiever. And as a rule, we are very adaptable. So when things happen and go crazy in the world, we pivot to make sure that we can still be successful in whatever it is that we want to do. That's just part of my personality. Um, Someone who is maybe more of a type five, which is the researcher, Mm -hmm. they probably do a lot better if they niche down because Mm -hmm. of their research tendencies and investigator qualities. So I do feel like that's part of the reason we actually did a big Enneagram workshop inside my membership group just recently, because I feel like knowing ourselves and what we're good at helps us build the business that we can't be good at. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and we, we were talking earlier before we, before we recorded. And one thing you were telling me was that everything you do fits under kind of one umbrella so talk to me about how you feel like all these different arms of your business connect and relate to each other. Yeah. Well, like I said, um, and I do think part of this comes from being that Enneagram type for three, mm-hmm. right? The achiever. I want to find success, but I want to find it my way. I want to find it in a way that serves me, that serves my family. And for me, that is handmade products. I love to create. 
My grandmothers were very creative. They taught me how to do that. I like to be resourceful. I'm not, I mean, I will admit I'm not necessarily like the crunchiest granola person out there by any stretch, (laughs) but I do love the idea of repurposing and reimagining so that I'm not being wasteful, you know, being smart with my resources. So the, the whole concept at the warehouse of, you know, people who are finding things that they can repurpose or, or reinvent or, or restore, you know, to their original glory, or just, you know, like I said, the handmade products where you're creating something new and special, like that's, that's my jam. That's my Mm -hmm. lane. Right. And within that lane, I like to do a lot of different things, but that's kind of my lane. And to me, I'm a maker. I'm an artist. I create products to sell, but I also, by having reinvented warehouse, I'm providing a place for other people who want to do the same thing Mm. to have a space to grow their businesses. And then with my podcast and the offerings that I have, you know, with my coaching programs and whatnot, again, that's just another way to help people figure out what it is for them. You know, it may not be the same thing it is for me. Someone might get in there working with me and decide, okay, yeah, no, this really is a side hustle because my full-time job is my passion and that's what I want to be doing. And if so, then I think that's what's, I mean, I don't think that everybody in the world is supposed to own their own business, but I think that that is a desire that a lot of us have and figuring out what that business looks like. Is it your, is it your full-time livelihood? Are we creating a livelihood here around what it is that you like to do or Are we finding a way to take that hobby and make it generate income for your family so that you can do these other things you want to do and still have that full-time job that you feel Mm -hmm. like is your purpose? Like everyone's reason is different. And for that, I mean, every business is different for that very reason. And also, you know, you and I had talked about this for just a minute too, but I want to, with the communities, I want to overcome the mindset of scarcity. And mm-hmm. this is another, another creative, again, credit where credit is due. Um, Dion Woods of the Turquoise Iris. She's another one of my mentors. I've worked with her very closely over the past year. And she and I have had multiple conversations about that because there, if we go back multiple, several decades or even just a few decades pre-internet, right? Mm-hmm. Your earning capacity was pretty much defined by where you live. Right. Right. You couldn't have more than one person in say a 10 mile radius, both doing the same thing and then both be able to create a livelihood off of it. It just wasn't possible. And so there was this constant competition between people who had similar desires in life based on where you lived. And depending on where you lived, obviously bigger cities could accommodate more, but, you know, like here in the upstate, you know, people who were close to one another, you couldn't have too many people doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore. The internet has opened up our earning capacity. We, yes, we can have our local storefronts and yes, maybe there is a limit at some point, how many of a certain store could be in a certain area and, and thrive, but thanks to the internet, you know, everything, everything's got its good and bad. I know some people want to argue with me about that, (laughs) but thanks to the internet and social media and the marketing that's available to us digitally, we can reach a much larger audience. Thanks to shipping and logistics, our customers don't have to live here locally anymore. And for that reason, I feel like we can 
live not in this mindset of scarcity, but more in a mindset of abundance, that if this is what I want to do, I can make it work. Can everybody make it work exactly the same way in the same zip code? No. But can everyone find a way to make it work? Maybe if if the customer base here is already hooked on another product, you can introduce it here. That doesn't mean some of them won't want your product, but perhaps you pursue avenues online and you're reaching customers on the other side of the country or even on other continents. You know, we have access to so many, so many more connections now than historically we have had. And so I feel like to some extent where there's a will, there's a way. If this is what you want to do, I think that there is a way to find making it work. And I think that as creatives, personally, I'm like you, I'm all about community. I want to talk to the other candle makers and compare (laughs) notes and talk about the struggles together, right? And give tips to somebody who's just getting started Um, with jewelry. I want to talk to somebody about the materials that I use and materials that I know don't work really well. But in the past, that is something that creatives just would not do. Because if I tell somebody else how to do what I do, nobody's going to need me anymore. I'm going to competition. Yeah. It's like I'm going to community myself out of a job if I start giving away too much information. And I don't feel that way. I I feel like we can create space for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's just the businesses may look different, Mm -hmm. but I like that community. I like sharing that kind of information, that sort of where I come from Mm -hmm. in in that regard. So, yeah, there's room at the table for everyone. And like Natalie Frank says, when one of us wins, we all win. And I truly believe that. And we believe that at Tuesdays Together. So Danielle, thank you so much for joining me. I just really love this conversation that we had. And I'm so excited for people to hear it. Tell us before we wrap up, tell us where people can find you online and how they can connect with you. Obviously, they can go to Reinvintage Warehouse in Spartanburg, but where can they find you? Yes. So the warehouse is located on Union Street in Spartanburg, 1201 Union Street. You can always come there and online at reinvintagewarehouse.com. You can find all of our information. Um, My website is daniellskaminsky.com. And all of my handles on all the social media are Danielle S. Kaminsky. And then, of course, there's Makers Chat Podcast, and that's anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can visit makerschat.com. That'll also take you to my website where you can find, you know, our backlog of episodes and my website and the podcast is also where you can find all of the information about my coaching programs. So great. Well, thank you again for being with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And if you guys want to be a part of Tuesdays Together and find community for yourself, you can. We would love to have you. You can visit greenville.therisingtidesociety.com to find out about our meetings. We meet every month. We're gifted a free educational webinar every month as well. And we meet together um, as a local group. If you're not local to Greenville, also head to our website where you can find a link to find your own local chapter. There's chapters of the Rising Tide Society all over the world. Again, that's greenville.therisingtidesociety.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.